there is a lot of zest and fight and um, excitement for change in the newer generation. So that's what I'm optimistic about. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Quiver Show. This is our audio journal about family, life, business, and the search for our best selves. We hope you enjoy. Oh, is it time for a quiver? Good day, everyone, and welcome back to The Quiver Show. I am your host, Ash Crawford. Today, you will meet Roberto Quinn, who is a multilingual digital mastermind who specializes in creative brand strategy, making businesses, celebrities, and organizations shine like they never have before. Ever since Roberto and I crossed paths on Dancing with the Stars in 2015, he has been my go-to on what is new and what is coming next in social media and marketing on all things digital. I hope you enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with somebody who I really, really admire and respect. Enjoy. Welcome, Roberto. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. It's so good to see. I always love our conversations and our chats and our voice notes to each other. Um, <laughs> so I figured like, when I started to do this, I was like, this would be a perfect opportunity for us to one, hang out and two, people to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, especially since I miss having you around here. We used to be weekend warriors together and share so many moments. I, I, I miss having you here. So I'm glad to be able to sit down and talk to you. Awesome. So let's dive in. Yeah. If you had to write an online dating profile for yourself right now, <laughs> okay, let's what go. would it say? It would say, uh, tired of all of the non-emotionally available people out there. I am ready for an adult relationship where it is a hundred and a hundred percent on either end. I need effort. I need commitment and emotional availability. That'll weed them out fast, especially here in LA. <laughs> that is awesome. That is Are a great you, answer. Do you not think so? I mean, come on. You remember Los Angeles. I do. I do. Yeah, it is. Los Angeles is a different, it's a, it's a different world. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a taken man now, so you're off the market. You don't have to deal with that anymore. I am very jealous. <laughs> I know. I, it's it's one, one of those things I'm grateful about. I mean, I looked at Heather every now and then, and I'm just like, oh, can you imagine trying to date right now in this world? Um, so yeah. my heart goes out to you, man. <laughs> Thanks. No, but it's all good. I think when you're a – once you've reached a certain point, you've either done the internal work to be the best version of you emotionally – and you then release all of those attachment styles. Mine had been an, an anxious attachment style. And once you realize that you can fulfill every single one of those needs for yourself and anyone else that comes along as a bonus, then you, you start to, to realize you don't need to put up with the noise. You don't need to put up with people who, who can't uh, fulfill those, those requirements. And there's no need. You're just wanting someone to add to your life. Whereas a lot of people are still in an uh, emotionally immature state where they need someone to fill those gaps in their lives that they haven't done for themselves. Right. For sure. Um, 
so you run Quinn Social Media, and yes. we don't need to dive into all of the things that you do there in your professional life. There's plenty out there about the success of that. Um, but if you had to just sum up what you do over at Quinn Social and what you do professionally, how do you like to describe it? Whew. This is the question I encounter when someone asks, you know, oh, what are your services? Well, uh, anything and everything digital, pretty much, uh, but mainly focusing on the creative, right? So I bring that creative strategy to the table um, as a producer, as a social media strategist, or, you know, working on, you know, someone's digital platforms. I come up with ideas that resonate, that connect, that engage, that build communities. And I think that's why I've seen, you know, the success that I've seen, I'm, I'm very grateful for. I've seen this, that success because at a solid, you know, human being level, I've spent my life, you know, traveling and connecting with people from all over the world. And I bring that to the table for my clients and say, all right, well, what is it that's unique about you that people gravitate toward? And it's not just one thing. And I think that that's what people think is their audience, right? I'm an actress, I do this, or I'm a dancer and I do that. And pe the clients tend to think, well, they only wanna see this from me. No, you're multifaceted. You have so many different layers to you. And I try to really work with the clients to find out what those are and bring those out into the world. And I think that's why we grow so much organically is because that resonates with the fan base um, and helps build that community that inspires people to uh, be a part of what we're creating. That's awesome. That is, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I've always admired what you do in your business, but also how you do it. Um, so it's, it's really cool yeah. to hear you be so passionate about it. I mean, we've got to be these days, got to be passionate about Absolutely. what we do. So outside of work, and if you think about this from a legacy perspective and our time here on earth, what is the change you would like to see in the world? Uh, that is a fantastic question. And I'll start it off with what I'm passionate about. So I'm passionate about travel, friendship, spreading kindness, uh, and learning. Cause I think that's the only way that you grow and evolve as a person and can share that with the rest of the world and within, within your community. Um, and I really truly think that what I want my legacy to be is leaving the person or people around me better than they were. So whether that's making them laugh, whether that's providing an ear to listen or simply being kind, like I'd like to see a world where people have um, better and earlier access to mental health so that one day we can have a generation of emotionally mature people hurt people, hurt people. So let's stop it at the source. And I think that's the way that I live my life. I, I always want to make sure everyone around me is okay. I want to find a way to make people who are hurting better. Um, we don't always have the means or the ability to do that 
singularly. And we all know in this day and age of social media, a lot of organizations that we see have been revealed to either, you know, pocket the profits or not donate where they're, the, where they're saying they're donating to, um, not naming any, but, you know, there's a lot of stores that you can go into, a chain of stores you can go into and get clothes that have been donated that I've heard recently don't treat their employees that well, aren't paying well, and are pocketing a lot of that profit, not putting it back into the communities. So my big wish is to impact change at a singular level first that then grows into a community level that hopefully continues expanding. Um, and I've seen it within my own you know, social circle, my own friend group, um, when we treat each other with respect, with kindness, I see that being reflected back into every single one of those friends. Um, and it's deeply affected how we communicate with one another, how we solve problems. And I feel that that on a much wider scale would radically change the world. It's idealistic, I know, but I mean that's why. Why else are we here if, if not to be idealistic and to try? Um, yeah, that that's awesome. So, changing changing pace here a little bit. Uh, what do you do to unwind or a guilty pleasure that you have? Oh, that is a good question. Ultimately. What I like to do to unwind is is travel. I don't get to do that often because I am tied to my phone for clients. Uh, I'd love to get to a space where I am able to kind of let the reins go a little bit in certain circumstances. And that day will come. I feel like that day's much sooner rather than later. Uh, but I love to travel. Um, I, I go back and forth to visit family to Guatemala frequently. Um, so family is extremely important. Uh, I like exploring, like that's, that's one big thing about moving to Los Angeles that, that I absolutely love. There are so many pockets of, of cultures here. Um, if, in case you didn't know, this is the Los Angeles has the biggest Korean population outside of Korea. And it also has the largest Guatemalan population outside of Guatemala. So you, you can stay in your own bubble and go to Erwan and go to organic things, go to your Barry's boot camp, go to, you know, Poppy and catch and have that be your LA experience. And, and that's valid. You know, if, if that's the life that you want to live, but for me, it's, it's, seeing all of these different cultures, experiencing the food, the dances, the, the life outside of, you know, what the transplants have created here. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I absolutely love being able to do those things. So festivals, for example, there's a lot of festivals that happen here. Um, the Lunar Festival, for example, that happens in the San Gabriel Valley, um, there's a Thai market that happens on the weekends here in North Hollywood. 
Um, there, uh, I love going out to Alhambra to to get some amazing dim sum. Um, yeah, there's just so much to to see and explore. Like Senespia, for example, that's something that's so unique to LA. For everyone that doesn't know, Senespia is um, a company that kind of holds these um, summertime screenings uh, at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. And it sounds creepy, but it's it's absolutely not. This is big manicured, beautiful lawn, and they uh, showcase these movies, a lot of classics and things. But it's just fun, and it, and it builds, again, going back to building that community. Um, I, I enjoy doing those things with friends and having those experiences versus, you know, just going to a bar or, or brunch, right? Like, mm-hmm. that, that, that's fun as well. But, again, my unwinding is the exploration, the learning, the excitement of being able to uh, experience these cultures in a very vast and full way that you can do almost, you know, comparatively like being in that country, which is great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. There's so much depth in culture and that's definitely what, not the perception that usually comes with LA. It's like, I spent four or five years there and it's like people have a perception about it, but there is, there is a very deep, and rich culture if you look for it in a number of different backgrounds and worldly experiences that you can have there, which was, I was fortunate enough to meet people like you and uh, some others that were able to introduce me to a lot of those things. Yeah. Roberto, what are you currently grateful for? Whew. Um, a lot. I, every day I wake up, I say, I'm, I'm, thank you. I am grateful for another day. Let's get going. It's going to be a good day. And that sets the tone for the rest of my day. Um, it's not always easy. Obviously we all uh, experience burnout. Um, but most of all this year, I'm grateful for my health. Uh, a year ago, almost to the date I had a massive scare. Um, I was on a shoot and I had a bad headache, really, really bad headache at the back of my neck. It was very odd. I didn't know what was going on and went about my day like normal. It was totally fine. I went to sleep and woke up, uh, went to the mirror and noticed that half of my face wasn't moving. And it was terrifying. I thought, hey, maybe this is just something that's happening and I, I've, uh, I don't know. I'm going to hop in the shower real quick and see if this goes away. I'm just hallucinating. I'm waking up. I'm groggy. So I shower. I get back out. I look in the mirror. No change. Um, I end up going to the emergency room and long story short, came out with a uh, Bell's palsy diagnosis. And that was extremely scary because up until, you know, then I'd been fortunate enough to never have had anything major um, wrong. And to have half your face all of a sudden just, you know, paralyzed and drooping and your livelihood and your whole persona has been someone that's been outgoing and talkative and, and, and being able to 
um, kind of be free with, with that, you feel restricted and imprisoned by having, you know, the paralysis. And the scary thing is, is they don't tell you how they don't know, but they don't tell you how long it, it'll take to, to correct itself. Um, or if, cause there are people that two years later still have the paralysis and, and never went back to, to normal. And I'd say I, I went back 99% to normal. I noticed some speech differences, but ultimately grateful to be able to smile again. Like something as small as smiling being taken away from you is, is just so heartbreaking. Um, and it was a struggle uh, to stay positive. It was very hard to do my job with the confidence that I normally bring to a project. Um, and great, I'm grateful that I, in the middle of all of that, I was still doing this massive project with Paramount uh, and being flown out to uh, Salt Lake City and Nashville and Portland to do these projects. Um, and really unfortunate timing right before that, that second um, trip is when it happened. So I, I had to let my team know, hey guys, this is what's going on. I understand if, if this doesn't work out. Um, they said, no, 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 please come. And everyone was so receptive. Uh, my friends and family were there every step of the way, anything I needed. It was really heartwarming to see how they stepped up and, and provided that support system that you don't really know you've got until something like that happens. Um, but yeah, ultimately grateful for the health because it, it can be gone in an instant as I've learned. And it took, uh, let me see, August, September, October, November, December, January. It took six months for me to get fully back to where um, I was before. And I'm a proactive person. The doctor came in. Well, when I went into the doctor, the doctor basically said, hey, um, this happens. Uh, we've seen it more and more and more after uh, COVID. And essentially, you just got to wait it out. I can give you steroids and you, and you wait it out. And I'm not a person that can sit by idly. So I looked at every, every kind of remedy that I could possibly do. Uh, stretch like facial stretching and all this other other stuff, and then ultimately found acupuncture. And I went to acupuncture twice a week for I, don't know, I want to say four months. Uh, and I credit that massively to my recovery because every time I left a session, I'd never done acupuncture before. But every time I left a session, I would come out with facial tingles or like twitches and things. So I knew that something in there was firing up again, which I was so, so, so happy about. Um, but this year I, I wanted to make sure not to take that for granted and uh, do things that I want to do here. And so I started making lists of things that I wanted to do and experience. And uh, one of those was absolutely take a big vacation. So I took a big vacation in April, but I don't take enough of them. Um, but I, decided to do this like silly vacation, do virgin voyages. So I did, uh, you know, Richard Branson's new, new line, new cruise ship. And it was spectacular. It was such an amazing experience and it really helped 
like calm me down, get me back in the right headspace. And then I came back here refreshed. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You've had awesome to see you where you're at now, having Thanks. spoken to you through throughout that a little bit. And yeah, I mean, any of those little reminders are awesome. But when you have those big ones like you did, it's like, it sucks. But there's also, sounds like you've seen a little bit of a silver lining to that in terms of yeah. a different perspective on your health. And Absolutely. I mean, it's it's just the uncertainty of it. I mean, life is all about uncertainty, but until it slaps you in the face, you don't realize how fast it can take everything from you. Yeah. All right. Um, a little more upbeat now. Uh, yeah. Just a couple more here. Um, <laughs> what is something that you are better at than anybody you know? Oh, wow. You know me. I'm, I'm the type of person that's always like, you know, giving other people praise. So it's hard for me to even think of something that I'm better at anyone. What, what's something that you're, it doesn't have to be better than other people. What's something that you, you are extremely good at? Learning languages. There we go. Interesting. Yeah. So I, um, I grew up, I was born in Guatemala. So Spanish is my first language. Uh, I learned English by the time I was like seven. I had a thick accent when I was a kid, by the way. Um, and I learned English when I was seven. Then I was put into French lessons at like seven and a half, eight. And I took French up until um, I was 18, French four AP. Uh, and in high school, uh, my mom sent me to France to to um, have like a language exchange, essentially. So I lived in Nice for about a month. Uh, so French. Then I went to college and I decided to kind of push myself and enrolled into Portuguese. So I started taking Portuguese classes. Um, and then another little known fact, after college, um, I moved to Beijing for six months to learn Mandarin. Um, my grandfather uh, is Chinese and his whole dream was to see someone um, from the grandkids learn Mandarin in his lifetime. And so I guess I was the one, you know, I was like, all right, I'll do it. And wow. um, I went to Beijing. It was a huge challenge that language is not an easy language but it's the one that i practice most every every day duolingo i've got like a thousand ten day streak now wow that i did not <laughs> know that about you i'm glad i asked that question really yeah no 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 all right how and why are you optimistic about the future Whew. okay um, in the current state of this country, it is tough to uh, stay optimistic uh, about a lot of things. Just the, the way things have become so incendiary, 
Um, and rightfully so, because people now are, are tired of not being heard. So it's tough to navigate that. And it's tough to navigate that, especially when you're chronically online, like I have to be, right? I'm constantly on these social platforms digesting content because I need to know what is going on, what the next new thing is, what the trends are. I've got to be there. And so I'm exposed to it a lot more. And I think it's definitely affected my perspective on things. However, I think that there, uh, there's a lot to be optimistic about in terms of what we can do for our communities, what we can do at a, um, you know, citywide level and how you can get involved. And I think that there's there, there are so many websites, social media accounts that you can now follow that offer um, ways for you to be involved in the specific causes and uh, things that appeal to you that we now have a generation that is hungry to fight for the future that they want to see. And that leaves me optimistic. I see people coming together and realizing these are not the values that I have. The values that, that this, you know, these 70-year-olds have grown up their whole lives trying to push on, on all of us is not the future that's inclusive. It's not the future that's loving. And it's not the future that lets us be individuals. It's something that makes us a part of a machine to generate profits for people who don't care about us in the slightest. So what are we going to do to change it? And they're actually making the change. Whereas I feel like, you know, from the millennial generation, they're was the recognition of that, but not the spaces for us to be able to enact change on uh, a, in a wide scale, right? Um, and I think now they have the resources, they have the communication tools, um, and there is a lot of zest and fight and, um, excitement for change in the newer generation. So that's what I'm optimistic about. That is a, that is a great thing to be optimistic about. Yeah. And yeah, I think you summed that up. Well, it is, it is difficult in the state of the world currently. And that's why I like to ask that question. It's like, yeah. yes, with everything that's going on, what, what is the thing? What is the hope? Um, I think that that was beautiful the way you said that. Thank you. Hey everyone, Ash here again. Just wanted to say a special thank you and offer you 20% off everything over at drinkquiver.com. So if you're interested in any of our coffee and teas or apparel, use code podcast at checkout for 20% off as a little thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.